so the work of that grace is as needed by us this morning as it's ever been. The angels announce to you grace so that you may live for his glory and you may experience in all the ways possible his peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we wrap up our week-long study with Paul David Tripp in our theme verse, Luke 2.14, talking about the necessity of finding the glory in God so that we will find peace on earth. Stay tuned for that powerful message. You won't want to miss it. But first, we're joined once again by Elise Fitzpatrick as we talk about the concept of heaven and how a proper understanding of the new heaven and the new earth will satisfy our deepest longings. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Have you ever heard somebody use the expression that you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good? I've heard that actually a lot, especially within uh, the Christian community. Christians using that to accuse other Christians of, of not doing the work here and now. And I understand the sentiment. What they're saying is that you are so focused on heaven and eternity that you're not actually doing the work that you're called to right here now and loving your neighbor and doing good deeds and and witnessing. Um, And I can tell you that I've probably even used that phrase a time or two myself. But then I heard one of uh, my favorite teachers, Dr. D.A. Carson, make this statement that uh, those people that say you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good, he's said, I don't think I've ever met that person. Because the truth is, if you are truly heavenly minded, you will be earthly good. Because the two go hand in hand, just like the glory of God brings us peace on earth. Well, our guest today is Elise Fitzpatrick, and she's written a book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. And Elise, your whole point in bringing us an understanding of heaven is actually to inform our daily living so that we will be uh, some good here and now. It's not just about the future. And, And we should. And, you know, I think Americans, and I'll just speak to my my own tribe, Americans here, uh, we have it really pretty easy. Uh, we are living in a sin-cursed world. Yes, of course, we have, there is suffering. But compared to, let's say, the early church under Rome, we have it really pretty easy. So because of that, we don't think a lot about heaven, you know, because it's kind of nice here. And why would I want to go there? But if you lived in South Sudan or you lived in Iran or you lived in China, uh, you might think a lot more about heaven than you presently do. And that's because the life of a Christian is always the life of an exile on the road home. That's always the life of a Christian. We are always people who are strangers and aliens. And we are on a journey. We're on our way home. And we just got to not get sidetracked into anything else that's going to draw our heart's affections. And, you know, Calvin said our hearts manufacture idols. So, you know, I'm going down the road and I'm on my way home, but I'm always seeing things, you know, that are that's drawing my attention away. 
got to keep my attention. <laughs> Star Wars. Stay on target, <laughs> right? Stay on target. Keep your thoughts and your mind focused on where you're going. And then all of these other voices that call to us and say, come over here, worship here, hang out here, you'll be happy here. No, actually, I'm in exile and I'm on my way home. Mm. I'm going to be focused on that. We tell our listeners all of the time to linger a little bit longer at the foot of the cross, to keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. But we could also just as easily say, linger a little bit longer in your understanding of heaven, because that is a proper motivation for your ministry here on earth. Uh, For any of our listeners who are struggling, maybe they have family members, children or grandchildren that have not placed their faith in Christ. They obviously want to see them in heaven and the new earth and this home. They want to make their home a place that promotes the home of Christ. What advice or encouragement do you have to our listeners who are struggling with accepting that they are going to heaven? They understand that, but they have loved ones who likely won't. You know, uh, the way that I deal with that in my own heart and mind is simply to say, God is far more merciful and far more powerful than I could ever know. And so if God could save me, and I was not raised in a Christian home, I didn't come to Christ until right before my 21st birthday, having lived a debauched lifestyle in Southern California, okay? So if God could save me, and I was not looking for God, if God could save me, then I have hope that he can save anyone, even if it's in the last breath of that person's life. So do we wish that they would spend their life, not spend their life in futility? Yes, of course. However, I'm so trusting in the mercy of God. And the other thing that I know, Adam, is this. There won't be any crying in heaven. So what does that mean? It basically means that somehow I will be reconciled to the work that God has done. And then I throw myself on the mercy of God and say, please, God, for these people I love, have mercy. We've been talking with Elise Fitzpatrick. Her book is called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. And in fact, uh, Elise is going to be teaching these at her church there in Southern California. So if people want to see some of these videos that will be coming out here in January, where can they go and how can they see through uh, some of these lectures that you'll be giving? Thank you. Uh, yes, they can just go to my website, which is just Elise, E-L-Y-S-E, Fitzpatrick, F-I-T-Z-P-A-T-R-I-C-K, EliseFitzpatrick.com, and the resources will be there for uh, a 12-week study. For then every one of the lectures is about a half an hour long. It's on each one of the chapters in the book, so you could go through it by yourself or gather a group of friends and watch it online. Well, what a great resource and a helpful one, and in particular, a one that should move us and motivate us to be at work in the mission that God has given to us to go and make disciples and join with many of the family members of God as we look forward longingly to the promise yet to be fulfilled, the promise of this new heaven and new earth. I can't thank you enough. It was a real joy to talk to you, Elise. Thank you for being a part of the many voices for that one message. Thank you. It's a privilege.
What an excellent book and a great way to bring our year to a conclusion in this series that we've been focusing in doctrine and theology. The doctrine and the concept of heaven has very important ramifications on our day-to-day living. And Elise Fitzpatrick's book, Home, is a great resource, one that will pay dividends as you read it and meditate on heaven so that you can actually have some earthly good as you understand the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let's set our priorities on the things that matter most to the heart of God and see his kingdom come on earth even as it is in heaven. That should be our motivation. And you can find out more information about Elise Fitzpatrick in her book called Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings. When you give us a call, it's 508-362-7070. It's 508-362-7070. You know, the combination of our study with this week with Elise and her book on heaven, fitting with our theme verse for this uh, season of Christmas, Luke 2.14, they really go in hand in hand as we think about glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The combination of these two elements of peace on earth, what we want and long for in our soul, we want this satisfaction in our here and now but also our understanding of glory and the worship of the God of heaven and how Jesus became like us. He broke into his creation and became a man like you and me. He broke into earth. He left heaven and came down to earth to bring us this peace that we so long for. But we can't see that. We can't understand it without also having a proper understanding of who this Jesus is and who this glory is and and what heaven truly is. As we pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, your kingdom come on earth even as it is in heaven. We have to start with that proper standard. In this message from Paul David Tripp, we wrap up our study as he explains how this transforms our our calling in our life as well as our mission as we seek to to make Christ known and advance his kingdom. Here is Paul David Tripp. These words really do define our need. They really do define Christ's mission. But there's a third thing they do. They define for us the price of this mission. It's really captured in that final phrase, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Maybe better translated, peace on whom his favor is placed. Maybe even better, peace to those to whom his grace is given. You see, the only hope of peace is grace. And the vehicle of grace is a death. You see, that stolen glory and that shattered peace left us all guilty. Because rather than living for God, we have sought to be God. Rather than honoring the Creator, we have worshipped the Creator. 
And the sentence of that guilt is death. You do not understand that baby in the manger unless you know that that baby came to be a lamb. Here was the plan. He would come and from day one, all of his thoughts and all of his desires, all his actions, reactions, and responses would be fully and completely and perfectly lived to the glory of God. He, on our behalf, would live for our glory. He would live the life that we could not live. And on the cross, he would bear our penalty, and he would face the rejection of the Father so that we could know his acceptance and peace with him. Upward peace that would create inward peace, that would give us the ability to have outward peace. That was the plan. He came willing. He came knowledgeable. He knew what the price would be. He must die so that we would live, so that raised out of human beings who live for their own glory, raised out of human beings who don't care for peace with God, would be a company of people who growingly are captivated by the glory of God, who love the fact that they have peace with God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace with whom he is pleased. If as, I, if as I have been talking this morning, you have been thinking personally, if you have, and if you would for a moment, reflect on your last couple weeks, you will recognize, brothers and sisters, that you and I still have a glory problem. We don't always get glory right. You recognize that we have a peace problem. We don't always care about peace with God. We don't always have peace within. We surely don't always experience peace with one another. And so the work of that grace is as needed by us this morning as it's ever been. The angels announce your hope. The angels announce your redemption. The angels announce to you grace. Grace of a life lived. Grace of a death offered. So that you may live for his glory. And you may experience in all the ways possible his peace. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Lord teaches us in his Sermon on the Mount and in particular in the Lord's Prayer to pray as he prays, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
in these opening words to the Lord's Prayer, we have essentially what is seen here in Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is the acknowledgement that our Father is in heaven. He is in glory and he is worthy of our praise. He is in the highest. Glory to God in the highest, in the heavens. He is our hope. He is our joy. And that is the goal. That's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for heaven. We're aiming for perfection. We're aiming for glory. And in that, we're also given our mission as our your kingdom come on earth, even as it is in heaven. So this whole idea of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, this is our mission. This is our calling. As we think about bringing peace and how peace is won on earth, when Jesus came into the world, he came very humbly. He came in a very low process as he was laid in a manger. He was born of a humble virgin. His story was not born in a castle, raised in luxury, and and really from the top down, his story is from the bottom up, as he is showing us how his kingdom is brought into this world. That's our prayer. Your kingdom on earth, even as it is in heaven. And in so doing, he shows us through his life, through his ministry, and through his death, how his kingdom is one. So when he calls us to follow him, to lay down our lives, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross in an obedience, follow the command of Christ in our lives as well as in this world, we are instructed in this regard and in this way to die to ourselves, to see that the challenges that we're facing in this world are in fact a means in which we are bringing in the kingdom of God. Now, as we get closer to the end of a year, it's time for us to start thinking about New Year's resolutions and where we want to go in the years ahead. And I want to challenge you to think about all of the things that we've learned this year, all of the things that we've been talking about and practicing and studying in doctrine and theology and the Word of God, especially even now in the Christmas story, and to see how that plays out in the days ahead, especially this new year. I want to challenge you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and in so doing, see that God provides us all good things, that God is truly blessing us day by day. I realize that's hard, especially with inflation and all the challenges that come uh, with uh, our finances in a new year, but here's what I want to encourage you to do. If you have been blessed by the Songtime Ministry, please consider supporting the work that we're doing so that we can be a daily reminder and an encouragement in your life to seek first the kingdom of God, to put forth, uh, put first the things that will actually bring you peace in life. It's not your job. It's not your money. It's not all of these other things that will only actually bring you stress, especially as the world seems to crumble and fade away. But to instead invest your life, your time, your energy, and your talents, and your treasures on the rock of the gospel. Be a part of the many voices for that one message and support the work here at Songtime. And it's not too late. As long as your gifts are made before the end of the year or are postmarked, if you mail it in before the end of the year, then it will count uh, to your, towards your tax-deductible receipt. So write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call 
It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com where you can make a safe and secure donation online or you can look us up on our social media pages. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. <laughs>